0: Hi, welcome back to another episode of Womanhood in the Rough. Today on this podcast, I am so excited because I have one of my um, mom friends, stay-at-home mom friends um, on the podcast, and so I'll be interviewing her. And we just had such a blast, and you definitely will hear my child in the background because, you know, having a two-month-old can't really just put them down, so... He kind of squawks and squeaks throughout the episode, so yeah, we had a blast, so enjoy listening to this interview. Hello. Hi. How are you doing?
1: I am good, now that the kids are in bed and everything is winding down for the end of the day. (laughs) Yes, definitely feel
0: that. So, this is going to be very chill, like, we can talk and, like whatever we don't want I can just like seriously go back and edit it out so like don't feel any pressure at all okay sounds good yeah so why don't you go ahead and like introduce yourself and like yeah kind of talk about who you are
1: okay um well my name is Michaela I am almost 24 which my husband says is ancient but (laughs) (laughs) just because he's like three months younger than me so (laughs) um I am a wife I'm a stay-at-home mom um we have two kids I would say our son is almost two he's very adventurous and uh he does not he does not shy away from anything you definitely (laughs) know what he wants and you know what he's trying to say because he just is an all-out kind of kid yes And then my daughter is six months old and she is the sweetest little chubby human I think (laughs) I've ever met. So (laughs) Um, yeah, definitely love them. I am loving being their mom. Uh, Definitely a challenge, obviously, but it's such a good challenge to have for sure. Totally
0: understand Uh, the two under two is, it's fun, but also has its challenges.
1: Yes, and we have only like, two more weeks until we're not two under two anymore so it's crazy (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if that's a good thing or like if it kind of makes me sad but yeah (laughs) oh yes um and then my husband and I we got married in 2019 so we were only 20 years old um we met in college and uh his freshman roommate was one of my friends and I had told him Whenever you find out who your roommates are, let me know so that I can look them up. And uh, so that was June 2017. He told me, uh, the roommate, told me who his roommates were. I looked up, found my husband, and I said, yeah, I'm going to marry that kid. (laughs) I had no idea who he was I just knew that he had a nice car cute dogs and he was kind of cute himself so (laughs) all
0: great reasons
1: (laughs) so I was going off of that but we met in August then at move-in day um we started dating about three months after that um so in December of 2017 and then we got engaged nine months into dating and got married nine months later so wow yeah it was uh it was definitely the Lord that we got married, um, because we were planning on waiting, funny story, until 2020, okay. after I graduated college, and we look back, and we're like, wow, we're so glad we got married in 2019, because yeah. that would have been an interesting time to get married, so, yeah, yeah, so anyways, yes, yeah, so we've been married just over three years now, and, okay,
0: mm-hmm. that's crazy, that, I yeah I've loved being married
1: it's it's been wild and having kids it just adds to it definitely in lots of different aspects not even just like oh it's so busy but I mean kids are so much fun and being married is so much fun so
0: yes so okay so you have two so how has your life changed going from one kid to two kids
1: So going into the change to like having another baby, I was under this expectation from things that I had heard from different people I follow on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, just like things that I had heard. I heard that going from one to two is so much easier than going from zero to one. And I was like, okay, so I was prepared for that. And then I had my daughter and I was like, whoever told me this was a lie. Like this is so not accurate. Going from one to two for me at least was significantly more difficult and more challenging than going from zero to one. Um, It's busier. You have less one-on-one time. I feel like in ways, and this is totally true, but like you definitely lose out on some of the connection with your yeah. second that you had with your first. I mean, with my son, we cuddled and hung out all day long. He was the only thing I had to pay attention to. Yeah. And I mean, I would put housework, I'd put everything aside to just like spend time with him. And yeah. then after having my daughter, I was like, okay, now I have a 17-month-old and he needs me. And I have all this work that needs to be done around the house and I'm trying to keep up and not like feel like my head's constantly underwater. So Definitely, that was a challenging, just like having that lack of connection is, was challenging for sure. Mm.
0: Yeah, that's, that's actually really interesting because I actually got the opposite of people telling me, you know, going from one to two was so hard. So I think it's funny that you found it the other way around.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And it just goes to show that everybody is different and the environment that you're in, it determines what input you hear
0: yes I think it also like depends on the ages because I know like yes some people had older kids and then they were like oh one to two wasn't that hard or like one to
1: two was harder I think it just depended on the ages of the kids too yeah I definitely think that our age gap again being 17 months was made it more challenging with that because I mean when you think about it like at seven at a, a year and a half your child is still dependent on you for getting most of their food, for doing most things. You still have diaper changes. You still have putting down for naps, like all of that. Mm -hmm. And then you have a newborn on top of that. Um, But if your age gap, you know, is maybe three years or four years is your oldest, then you're going to have this this more self-sufficient child that you aren't constantly, you know, having to put down for a nap or having to prepare all of their food you know where they're a little bit more helpful in that so definitely yes
0: so what did postpartum look like with your first and what did it look like with your second
1: so um like I had said with my son my first child uh we did a lot of cuddling relaxing it was so chill uh I feel like I left the house, but, like, just on my own time, whatever I wanted, uh, and just, like, a lot of one-on-one connection time, um, and I definitely got going a lot quicker than I did with my daughter, um, where, like, I think probably two weeks after, yeah, two weeks after, we drove three hours to go to our cabin, and so it was just, like, yeah, and, you know, then we had a whole weekend away, so, whereas, like, with my daughter, um, I was much more prepared in what to expect for Mm. postpartum because there's this whole like, you know what it is, like you read about things, you can expect certain pieces, but then you don't really know fully, similar Mm. to like labor and delivery and even pregnancy, like you don't fully know until you've experienced it yourself. So with my second, I felt like I was a lot more prepared with what to expect. I definitely took things a lot slower. I kind of followed a um, five, five, five rule is what it is called. Um, But you try to take five days in bed. So that's like, not necessarily like you have to stay in bed, but like really doing nothing. So maybe that means for you, it's like on the couch or something like that, but really doing nothing. So somebody else is... um, getting all of your food, getting your drinks, like doing all of the things. Yeah. And you are solely, um, just focusing on healing and you're getting up and going to the bathroom, but that's about it. Um, then your second, the next set of five days is then you're starting to do more things. So maybe you're getting some snacks or you're getting, um, doing some diaper changes, you know, outside of in the space that's right next to you. Mm -hmm. Um, and then the last five is just working into normal things. So starting a load of laundry or something like that. So I tried to follow that pretty closely. Um, I was not like the best at it. Cause I definitely was thinking my house is a mess and yes. I want it to be clean. And so that was the hardest thing for me, but I knew that if I took it easy and if I just allowed myself to be um, just still being yeah. s- just in one spot I knew that my body would heal and I would be better long term. Um, So took things slower. Um, I was a little bit emotional, a little bit more emotional with my second. I feel like with my son, I wasn't. It wasn't horrible. Um, I definitely had postpartum anxiety with my first. Yeah. Um, not depression, but I had postpartum anxiety for sure. Yeah. Um, But with my daughter, I had. Pretty bad postpartum depression. Um, not to the point where like I was on medication or anything, but I was definitely trying to figure out what can I do to make this better. And it didn't help that I had her in February, so it was
0: the dead of winter.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I'm in Minnesota, so it's dead of winter. Yep. Cold and just yeah, it was not that was not a high point for sure. Um, but we got through it. I. Just took my time and spent a lot of time in prayer. um, A lot of time, just my husband was very intentional about asking me how I was doing, um, checking in all the time. And that was something that I needed from him, and that I had voiced because if I didn't have somebody checking in, if I didn't have him checking on me, Mm -hmm. then I would. It would be easier for me to just cover it up, Mm -hmm. um, and and to not have anybody know, but I didn't want that because I knew that I would be better off if I would just talk about it. So, um, and then, you know, even postpartum is kind of relative in the time period. Right. So I would say my like core main recovery period was like a solid six weeks. And then I feel like once we hit two months is where I got a little bit more, uh, ragey, and I know you had talked about this on your, uh, one of your episodes, but I definitely got like more ragey and was just like, I would get frustrated at the smallest things. And I just couldn't figure out like, how do I calm myself enough to like respond in a respectful way? Because neither of my children are intentionally doing something, um, to make me upset, but for some reason I'm getting upset. So that, that was definitely, um, it was something that I didn't feel like I had with my son, so
0: yeah, I've definitely. Which is so funny, like my first, I was definitely had like the postpartum depression and was very ragey. This time around, definitely postpartum depression. Second time around is definitely worse, but I'm I've, I've noticed I'm less ragey, which has been interesting. Like I feel like each birth, it's been like interesting to see like hormonally and like emotionally like how are things gonna play out this time around yeah definitely but yeah so okay so kind of like going from that like what are some things that you you know have done in terms of self-care and like stepping away and taking time for yourself so
1: this is something that I have been learning (laughs) uh because I don't know it's kind of this this interesting topic of self-care, in my opinion, it's difficult to take time for yourself when your big focus is on your kids. um, And they, they do need me. And so becoming a mom, I've learned that I need to be so, so selfless. And that is such a difficult thing, especially because as sinful humans, we want to be selfish with our time, with our energy, everything. And so that's been something that's been like, okay, how do I balance not being selfish, but like still, like you said, taking okay. time for myself and taking care of myself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so honestly, probably the high point of taking care of myself is my two 15 minute showers a week <laughs> <laughs> Yes. because that is the, really that is the only time that I am absolutely alone is for those two 15 minute showers. I know that I'm by myself. I know I have to finish my shower and nothing that I do is going to, uh, nothing that happens outside of the bathroom is going to affect my shower because I need to finish my shower. (laughs) So, (laughs) so I've been, uh, I take advantage of those. Um, And then also I have picked up a new hobby in the past year-ish and I've been sewing so different sewing projects and um just kind of learning some relearning some basics because I learned how to sew when I was younger um but then didn't have a sewing machine and didn't really have an interest and didn't have space in college or time yeah so I picked that up um and so yeah I've been sewing one of my friends and I we do like sew a sewing swap so every month we do a project for each other and then send it Okay. Um, yeah so it's been a lot of fun to like practice some new skills and even do things that I've done before and then just being able to share what I'm creating with another mom so for sure so
0: what um is your favorite like I know you said you don't have like a lot of time for yourself so like what is something that you do with your kids that like you all enjoy
1: Um, we spend a lot of time just all playing together. Um, whether that's actually all engaging in the same thing, which usually is like for five seconds Mm -hmm. because short attention spans, but, (laughs) uh, I would say my son's really into playing farm right now. And so as, as much as we can, we have like a toy barn and everything. And so as much as we can, um, when he's interested in playing in that, then I try to get my daughter involved too, and she just kind of chews on some animals. But then we just <laughs> make up what's going on and kind of let my son dictate what we're doing and, yeah. you know, how the animals are moving, how's the tractor moving. Um, so right now, I would say just generally playing with them, just being with them is one of my favorite things. Um, and my daughter's just getting into kind of paying attention to books. So I've been reading her books once a day ish once or more a day um and I think she's really enjoying that even though she doesn't super express that (laughs) yes
0: so okay so marriage of course changes and looks different when you add kids into the mix so how do you and your husband continue to stay intentional with each other
1: yes something we are absolutely learning and growing in (laughs) right at this very moment yes (laughs) (laughs) um I feel like we're really learning how to um, fill each other's buckets is what we kind of refer to it as, which relates to the love languages. Yeah. Um, my love language is it used to be physical touch. Um, but actually after I had the time, which I think is a really okay. interesting perspective um, Yeah. just to like think, how could my love language switch that much? Um, yeah. But I think that when you have kids, it, life just gets busy. And so being able to spend that quality one-on-one time is so important. And I think that just became really important to me. Um, And my husband's love language is physical touch. And so that actually, that dynamic right there has been kind of difficult for us. So what we're learning is that we if if we want to love each other well, and we want to be intentional about staying connected, um, we need to make sure that one other's buckets are filled. And as a mom this is something that i'm learning and growing in like i said it is hard because i feel like i can get touched out mm, so yes. much yeah and so so having his love language be a physical touch is actually kind of difficult you know it's not about me but it is difficult to, for yeah. me to be intentional about that when I constantly have somebody touching me all throughout the day. And so sometimes it's the end of the day. And I'm just like, this is the last thing that I want is for you to touch me. Like, I don't even want you to touch my hand <laughs> or like my shoulder. Like you can rub my feet, but that's it. Yeah. And so something that's just something that I'm trying to figure out, like, how do I balance that? Because it's not about me. And yes, I've been touched. I feel touched out. Um, but how can I show him love? How can I, fulfill his love language while still having my boundary um and something that we did find out is that or like learn is that if my quality time bucket is not full then there's no way that I can fulfill his physical touch because I if I'm not feeling loved well how can I help him feel loved well and same with him. If he's not feeling loved, well, how can he help me? Um, so really breaking out of that again selfishness kind of thing. Um, but being intentional about trying to fill um, each other's buckets. So some examples, um, usually we spend the night after the kids go to bed, just spending quality time, whether that's playing a game watching a show, we're currently watching The Office over again. Yes, <laughs> I love The
0: Office.
1: It's, it's, it's good. It's nice because it's only, you know, 20, 30 minutes. Oh, and yeah. so if one of the kids wakes up, it's not a huge deal. Or if it gets yeah. too late, like, you know, sometimes you can watch a few of them. So, um, and then having good conversations. I am a huge researcher. And so I'm always learning something new. And he loves hearing the things that I'm learning and hearing how passionate I am about certain things. Yeah. And so having good conversations, um, he almost always every night gives me a foot rub, uh, which is a huge piece in filling yeah. my bucket for sure. Um, yeah. so and then kind of just depending on how the day goes, typically um we'll just cuddle when the lights turn out and our um our son sleeps with us for a majority of the night still. Yeah. <laughs> he is he really loves physical touch too. Yeah. So <laughs> um, anyways, so yeah then uh, what we're working on right now is starting to implement specifically one night a week where we plan to be intentional about being intimate more than just like cuddling or rubbing right. feet or something like that. Um, and there's flexibility in that. We're saying like one day a week, this is like a specific day. This is what we're going to, this is our day. Yeah. And you know, there's flexibility because some days my day is just really, really challenging with the kids yeah. and some days his work is really challenging. So um, yeah, I think, the biggest thing is just focusing on filling each other's buckets and making sure that both of us feel well loved and that we're both focusing on each other um and that has helped us immensely um especially in the last few months of like after my daughter was born I say few months but she was born six months ago
0: (laughs) (laughs) it only feels like a few months (laughs) yeah seriously yeah that's actually super funny that you were talking about like feeling touched out because I was just talking to someone about this and saying how like after having like my first I was like totally fine and like I didn't because yeah my love language used to be physical touch after having one kid I was like I was still kind of okay and like Mm -hmm. that was you know I could still be physical and but after having my second like I don't know it's just having that toddler run around and like constantly needing you and then you're constantly nursing so like you're yeah constantly being touched and then your husband you know comes home from work and you're just like I am good I don't want to be touched anymore yes I totally understand that yeah but definitely the quality time like which is funny because again like my husband's love language is more physical touch and so that is such a good idea to like fill each other fill each other's buckets you know and love each other self selflessly
1: yeah yeah and even um something that I try to be intentional about I'm not the best at it but it's hard for us at dinner time Um, like my husband gets home while I'm cooking dinner. And so it is a difficult time because I always say that 4 to 6 p.m. are my most challenging times because it's the end of the day. I'm wanting for my husband to be home and I'm trying to prepare dinner and then it's dinner time and dinner time is always crazy. And something that I try to be intentional about is that when he gets home to stop what I'm doing, even though I you know, I'm in the middle of cooking dinner, whatever it is, stop what I'm doing, give him a hug, say, hi, how's your day? Because that yeah. is something that is going to create a point of connection. That's yeah. going to be something that's important as your night goes on. Because if you don't have a good interaction, when, uh, you know, when your spouse comes home, yeah. then you're probably going to be in this point where there's maybe a little bit of tension or he's going to feel what I've been feeling throughout the day or you know vice mm. versa and so when you feel you feel each other's tension and day yeah. um, if it was kind of a heavy day then you're going to you know be a little bit more tense with each other bedtime's going to be more difficult with the kids because you're just feeling kind of stressed so yeah. just taking it it doesn't even take that long it would take probably 10 seconds to say hi. Um, Yeah, I would say that always put your marriage above your kids. I think that's mm-hmm. the most important thing. Before I had kids, I was under this impression that the kids need to be the most important and I need to focus on them and my husband can be second and that is mm-hmm. just so so false um, yeah that was a very wrong picture to paint because the reality is is if you don't have a strong marriage foundation your family is going to suffer yeah um, you need to be so strong and with your husband that when anything happens whether it's are have been really challenging that day or um, I don't know whatever could happen you want to make sure that you're so strong Um, and you want your kids to look at their parents and be confident that their parents Uh, love them and love each other and that your kids are safe and secure and loved and and respected because those are the things that your marriage exemplifies. That's really good. (laughs) Thank you. So that's something, you know, everything that I say, I'm not perfect in. Nobody can be perfect in, <laughs> in anything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you just you really have to have that strong marriage foundation. Your husband really needs to be second yeah, um, or first, sorry, first, not second. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I got, I got what you were saying. Yeah. <laughs> I figured.
1: Um, yeah. And your family, a little, yeah, you just really want your family to show, your family is what's showing what your marriage looks like. Yeah. So that's very important. Yes.
0: Okay. So kind of switching gears and I know you, I know you could talk so much on this topic,
1: um,
0: but what does living a natural lifestyle look for you and your family?
1: Sure. Yeah, you're right. I could talk about this <laughs> a lot. Um, so I would say probably our biggest thing is just being aware of what we're putting in and on our bodies um, whether that's the food that we're eating, the um, health and beauty products we're using, the what we're using to clean our kitchen, um, all of those things, being aware of what we're putting in and on our bodies because um, I won't go too much in depth, but everything, every product that we use or a majority of the products that we use for cleaning, health, beauty, whatever, they are disrupt- They have chemicals that are disruptors to the natural function of our bodies, yeah. um, both with long-term and short-term effects. And so it's really important to be aware of that and um, say, like, you don't want to be... am trying to think of the word. you. We want to be good stewards of the body and the life that God gave us. Um and so yeah just being aware of what we put in and on our bodies we eating we just started focusing on that like i would say the past year probably a year ago ish we started buying mostly organic um and then in the past probably four months we i i specifically have been focusing on the the food that i'm eating and why i'm eating what i'm eating and everything so But we also live by what we call the 80-20 diet. So 80% really, really good nutritious food. 20% it's not going to kill you. So you can have some snacks, like some sugar every once in a while. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I would say that um, I am constantly researching. I have a lot of pages on Instagram that I follow that feed me really good information about um, product switches and what, what natural living looks like and um, kind of questioning the norm and what's popular. Mm. So a friend of mine has al- has always said to me, she said, if everyone else is doing something, I'm going to take a hard U-turn and I'm not doing it. Mm. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> so I kind of have thought about that a lot. Like, yeah. Okay. So everybody's doing this. So I'm probably not going to do it because yeah. there's a reason like, yeah. there's probably something that's not great about it. So yeah. I would say that that's mostly what our lifestyle looks like. We're very aware of the environment that we're in, um, very aware of other people, like in their house. Um, we have mm-hmm. certain certain people where we'll go to their house. And when we leave, we all have headaches and we all feel bad because of different products that they use. Oh, and it's, it's a hard thing because our bodies are so used having clean natural everything and so it's yeah. really difficult to go to somebody else's house where they use maybe um a laundry detergent that has mm-hmm. scent in it or uses yeah. they burn candles that have scents like artificial yeah. scents and they're really hard on our bodies because our bodies aren't used to all of the chemicals and things so yeah. um yeah we have to be aware of that um there's a couple places where we don't go like there's actually a children's museum that's not far from us and we had a membership there and we didn't renew it because every time we went there the cleaning products that they use on everything I don't know this but every time we went I left with a like migraine it was so oh. bad and a couple times I got like sick to my stomach so wow. um, yeah it's it's pretty crazy, crazy. and <laughs> And you know, probably we—I st- started switching a lot of my lifestyle a little over th- probably three and a half years ago, um, right before we got married. And none of that bothered me before. I mean, I used Bath and Body Works. I yeah. used um, all of the fragrances. I used laundry soap. I used yeah. Dawn dish soap. Like all of those different things, and with no idea of what could the possible health ramifications be. Yeah. What could be the side effects? How is this affecting mm. me? And then as I started like detoxing from those things essentially, I started realizing how much my nose couldn't handle or my body couldn't handle. And I actually can't even smell right now because I had that certain sickness in October. Yes. And so I'm I'm almost 10 months in from wow. having it and I still can't smell. So That's smells crazy. don't yeah, smells don't necessarily bother me. Yeah. Um, in the sense that, like, I can't smell it, but I can smell chemicals. Like, they just feel mm. like they burn my nose. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's kind of what actual lifestyle looks like. There's probably a lot more into it, but I shouldn't talk too much about it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's, yeah, I, my, so I grew up with, like, my dad was a researcher. And so growing up, we didn't eat Like, I think maybe by the time I was seven, we didn't eat super healthy. And then my dad started looking up, you know, different things and the foods we were eating. And he realized, like, oh, we're not eating great. And so we did, like, a complete 180. My dad is, like, huge into, like, supplements and, like, all of that. So I grew up the majority of my life with more of a natural lifestyle. But then, like, and I definitely, like, once we got married, uh, I made my husband you know switch deodorants and, yep. and like that like I literally was like he came home one day and I'm throwing all his stuff out he's like what are you doing I'm like nope you can't have this anymore we're going all natural
1: yeah I definitely started doing that before we got married I was like
0: I hope you love me here's all your things they're gone and you're gonna switch it with this oh uh, but yeah and then once you have kids you start like thinking you're like oh no like I have cleaning products like I Like, I don't want
1: my babies around this. And, like, it just adds a whole another level. And so... Well, yeah, and kind of my thought when I first switched was, okay, and then next few years, again, it was right before we got married, in the next few years, we're probably going to want to have kids, and I don't want what I'm using to clean the floor when the baby's crawling to, like, then go into their mouth because it's on their hands. I was like, okay, hold on, we got to, like, switch everything, so that was kind of, that was a big, like, thought that I had was, okay, my kids will literally be touching everything, Mm -hmm. and how is this going to affect them, and I was like, yeah, I don't want bleach to be touching inside their mouth, so. Yeah, yeah, so, okay so if
0: someone someone listening to this is like oh cool I want to do you know a nat- more natural lifestyle but a lot of the things they may see on the internet or they're hearing now sounds really overwhelming so like what would you suggest like where would you suggest to
1: start I, um, start at looking at the products that you have in your house that you're using every day um, there's a website and an app called EWG. I think it stands for like environmental wellness group. Um, But they're a great place to start. You can put in whatever product it is and it gives your product a rating and then explains that rating. So maybe it will tell you if there's artificial fragrances and why that's a bad thing. Um, It will tell you carcinogens, which are cancer causing ingredients. It will tell Mm. you um and that in and of itself is what made me realize that I needed to switch all of the things that I was using because it was so detrimental to my health just like overall and even if I wasn't like physically seeing the side effects now what would be the long-term side effects yeah because there are so many things that are new today um, that weren't around 100 years ago and so there's no way if some new bath and body Works scent came out there's no way to know how that's going to affect us in the future yeah um because you know we'd have to wait we could have to wait quite a while depending on yeah what it does to our bodies so that's definitely a great place to start um like I had said earlier there's pretty much toxins in every cleaning health beauty product um that can be disruptors and I would say one of the biggest things is endocrine disruptors, which are disrupting your hormones. Yeah. Um, and I would say a majority of women are seeing issues with their hormonal, like the endocrine system, the hormonal part of your body. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of things within that that are, um, they're common, they happen a lot, but they're not normal. So like, For example, a heavy period, heavy periods, um, long periods, Mm. um, intense cramping. All of those things can actually be signs of a problem within your body. Yeah, and it could stem from what you're putting in or on your body. Yeah, um, yeah, and another misconception about natural living, natural lifestyles, is that it has to be expensive, or it is expensive, Mm. and that's absolutely not the case it doesn't have to be expensive you don't have to try to change all your products at once yeah i would say the most important thing is doing small simple switches to help be the best steward of your body and the environment and your um so whether that means like maybe you finish out the laundry soap that you're currently using and then Mm -hmm. you make a switch um a lot of natural products get diluted and so what you're paying for maybe you're paying $30 for laundry soap but it actually gets diluted so you end up paying like $10 or $5 or $10 per bottle or even less so um yeah I think also that I would say is that God gave us life he sustains us has our days numbered already Mm -hmm. but we still have a responsibility to be good stewards because that reflects our love for the Lord and for the life that he has allowed us to have
0: yeah absolutely (laughs) so before we like end is there anything you know that we didn't touch on or that you you know want to say or any
1: advice
0: or just anything
1: okay so (laughs) one of the questions that I had thought about was like a piece of advice specifically for moms, which yes. I'm assuming is going to be a majority of the listeners. Yes. But what's one piece of advice? And then I realized that kind of stemmed into like three. Well, I have three pieces of advice specifically for moms. Yeah, <laughs> so here it goes. Um, my first one, give yourself grace and allow space for change. Because there is so much learning, so much growing and change happening physically, mentally, emotionally, even spiritually um, with you, your kids, your family as a whole. And when we have kids, we can't expect our lives to flip um, when a major life event occurs. We have to be patient. We have to give ourselves grace, give our families grace. Um, and then allow for the changes to progress naturally because they will, everything will fall into place. Um, And then I would say, second, do your own research on everything. Don't just blindly listen to whatever somebody is telling you, um, something you hear on the internet, something that your pastor said. Like, don't just follow that blindly always question everything, always research everything. I always say, do what's best for you and your family. And in order to do that, you have to spend time learning what's best for you and your family. And a lot of the time, in my situation at least, it ends up being countercultural. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's exactly how it should be, is doing yeah. research, doing the best for your family, whatever decision ends up being, Um, I can't ever judge or I shouldn't ever judge somebody else for the decisions that they make and somebody else should never judge me for my decisions. We can talk, we can have conversations, um, and question other people just like generally asking them questions, but we should be judging because everybody is making the best choice for their family and with what they know at the time. Yeah. Um, and then my go ahead Sorry, was, go ahead <laughs> um then my last one is it's okay to say no it was probably so hard for me to learn um i think i had such a fear of disappointing people and so it was so hard for me to say no before having kids and that made it really hard after we had kids um so maybe that somebody's inviting us to dinner at like maybe it's a family member inviting us to dinner or Um, an event that's going to happen. And I would just be like, yep, no matter what it was, I would say yes. Um, And Mm -hmm. it honestly is so hard to go out to eat or to get together with friends in a non-childproof home or to be out at the kid's bedtime. And so Mm -hmm. we've had to really learn that it's okay to know because ultimately the only ones who suffer when you say yes to someone is you and your family. Because yeah. your schedules are off, your, sleep, your kid's sleep is off, emotions are usually all over the place, <laughs> and the parents, specifically stay-at-home moms, are the mm-hmm. ones that are left to pick up the pieces and try to put it back together and to, like, yeah. get everyone back into equilibrium. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, okay. say no and don't feel bad about it. It's okay. Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is sorry my child in the background <laughs> um yeah no that is I absolutely love all of those pieces of advice I 100% agree and it has been such a joy to just like talk to you and hear what you've had to say on marriage kids just living in general and Yeah, thank you so much for talking with me.
1: You are very welcome. I'm so glad that we got to have a conversation. And like I said, I probably could have gone into depth about so many different things. Hey, you know what?
0: We should definitely do a podcast just like on natural living. Because like, I know you talk so much
1: about it. (laughs) Maybe like over half of this episode. No. (laughs) Yes.
0: (laughs) Uh, well, yeah. Thank you again. Yeah. Like I said, we'll probably have to do another episode just on that subject and for we'll sure. back on. So, okay.
1: Yeah. Sounds good. Well, it's great to talk to you. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> thank you.